Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I mean, that's a bad shot. I care what anybody says. That's a bad shot. Uh, but that story won't be told that it was a bad shot. Tied at 115. Crown rising to the feet. George will defend Lillard. After a week of sports that could drive a sane person crazy, two men arrive in the wee hours of a Sunday to provide clarity, truth, and questionable sports takes. Spread floor. Lillard with 47 tonight. Working it down to two to one. A deep three. Oh! What? This is Sports Sunday. Blazers win the series. A walk-off three from Lillard. Recap of the sports week, a preview of today's games, and next week's big stories. From way now, here are Rashad Taylor and Joe Fisher with Sports Sunday on the Odyssey app and 1080. I mean, that's a bad shot. The fan. Welcome in to Sports Sunday on 1080. The fan. And this is a uh, very, very different Sunday. Uh, we got a late text last night from uh, Mr. Rashad Taylor, and I will I, I will spare the details. I will keep the listeners uh, in we'll, suspense. We'll let him. We'll yeah. let him come back with the details. Absolutely. But it was it was definitely one of those like, hey guys, can't make it in tomorrow. What what the hell? Why not? And then he hit us with the reason. We're like, oh okay, we understand. understandable. So yes, he will uh, fill you in next week. But that left an opportunity for someone. And the reason that the opportunity was left for him is because uh, right after this show today, uh, we're going to be doing some golfing about Wildwood Golf Course near uh, Scapoo St. Helens up there off Highway 30. But um, Did you bring Tiger Woods in studio? You know, <laughs> we, we talked this week. We had some conversations and just the, his PJ wasn't going to be out in Beaverton and Nike at all this week. So we just going to make it happen this time. But um, yeah, I mean, we're going to have like a group of 12 out there today playing golf. And one of these, one of these guys was, uh, was a moocher and he's like, Oh, can I get a ride? I don't know. The truck isn't running so well. Can you, can you give me a ride? I'm like, well, we got to go to the studio first. So if you don't mind hanging out at the studio and then Rashad, yeah, he pulled the fast one on me. So our co-host for the day is no other than Joe Fisher, Jr. My father. Good morning to Welcome, everybody sir. out there. Yeah. Now make sure, bring that mic in just a little bit closer so people can hear those uh, buttery pipes. But um, Jordan, this is a generational thing because uh, not only is he on the radio, but his brother was on uh, our sister station, 92.3 KGON, 
back in what early 80s yes. uh, or late 80s early 90s around there yes yeah, yeah. yeah. and he was doing uh, the show every day for a lot quite a while actually yeah yeah and then they uh runs re- in the family and then it, and then they you know got to know him a little bit more and they're like oh yeah we're gonna have to get him in another city i don't know if he can be on kgon much longer <laughs> get the hell out <laughs> he took the road and went to florida with dickie sheets dickie sheets yes. that is a radio name if i've ever heard one i don't even know if that's a real uh dj at all but uh <laughs> that is that, a pretty good uh, one. i would buy that yeah that that is an actual radio dj but uh Dude, thanks for coming on. You've listened uh, just about every Sunday when you've remembered. I mean, yes, that's true. Every time I do remember, <laughs> it's right there along my cup of coffee and just sitting there and enjoying the moments of hopefully he doesn't tell too many stories about his dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's we, we've gone long past that. Uh, but uh, um, just yeah. stealing the air conditioning from you, I think. And I'm, yeah, I'm fascinated right. with that one because my I, window unit. I took that back. Yeah, Thank you, by yeah, the way. Yeah. I, I, I got to giver. I got to say to Joe Jr., you are you are quite the uh You've got the intestinal fortitude that I don't to deal with the heat. So, so congrats <laughs> to you just for having that. And, I told him uh, about the your twenty yeah, fan system that you way. have in the house, circulating air on always because you know you yeah. just uh, I don't know if it's no zone thing. You're against ACs or just I don't need an air conditioner. I'm I don't fine. know. You do it right. By the time about three o'clock, it's still sixty nine in there. Yeah, nice. Yeah. nice. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Sixty nine <laughs> drop as well. Very good spot. Very good spot. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad to have you in because I need your help on something. I need Jordan's help, and I need the Vancouver Ford text line's help. Uh, all text to the fan are via the Vancouver Ford text line, 503-864-6326. I made a purchase yesterday. This was a conundrum a couple weeks ago. Do I buy a bed, or do I buy a new barbecue? Oh, you finally chose. The purchase has been made. The decision has been made. The card has been swiped, and tomorrow, a new barbecue is on the way home. That a baby. <laughs> you know what inspired me? It was last weekend. It was. So last weekend, I wasn't here because uh, we were out camping near Tillamook uh, off the Trask River, which was amazing. But um, I probably put in most of the work, I would say, on the ribs. <coughs> <laughs> yeah, most of the time spent down to the river waiting for Dad to say, hey, it's looking good. What, Next step. Listen, <laughs> Once you get them on and they're smoking and they're doing their thing, what are you going to do? Just stand there for 30 minutes, an hour? Like, of course I'm going to go down to the river. Grab a couple beers and I'll be back in 30 to 45 and we'll check on it. But uh, we had to go primal, like, rib making because initially I wanted to do kebabs. And it was just, I don't know. It it didn't have that pizzazz to me that a uh, camping trip had or needed, right? Like... Kebabs, they just seemed kind of easy. I wanted that challenge. And so I was like, dude, let's do some ribs over the open fire and figure out what the hell to do there. And luckily, he knew exactly what to do. He brought a full bag of charcoal. Yeah, so, open fire cooking is definitely a beast. So oh, yeah. I knew we could have an expert there. I knew we could do it as long as I had the brain power and the manpower behind me. And um, yeah, I mean, we uh, we knocked those things out of the park. We definitely did that. Again, we, probably, you know, 75% me, 25% you on the effort. But uh, I'll let you have it this time. Nah. Isn't that life? Like father to son, it's yeah. like, you know, thank you, dad. It's like three-fourths you, and I'm that, you know, last fourth. that You, you yeah. kind of let me handle, but you're still leading the way. Hey, it was hot, okay? It, it was hot outside. We were near the fire, and the, it was roaring, and the smoke. I had to go to the river, okay? Yeah. 
Yeah, you'd had to. All I wanted to do was just sit in the shade of the covers and hang out anyways. Yeah, see, I would have been with Joe Jr. I would have, like, grabbed a beer, grabbed That's a bong. Would have been just sitting there with the ribs, yeah, smoking yeah. myself next to the smoking fire. It would have been great. It, yeah. was. it, was, it was great. Uh, but, again, that just inspired me. I was like, dude, if we could pull that off with a, like, campfire metal ring where we're having to improvise a smoker and aluminum foil and pans and let's move coals over here. It's like, I should probably get a barbecue. Because, again, if we can do that there, imagine what I can do with a brand new four burner propane. Just I, I'm, I'm ready to throw down. And now I have to ask you guys, what is the first uh, what is the first barbecue meal? Because I'm inspired. Do I go burn ends? Do I go ribs? Do I just go classic cookout burger and dogs? Ribs. 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 Yeah, ribs is always a good one. See, and I, I feel like I can accomplish ribs like I can make that happen, whereas I've never made burnt ends. I've never made a brisket, um, and a brisket is like a ordeal. Hours, like twelve uh, to thirteen. Yeah, like you're waking up at like four a.m. Wrapping it, all those good things. How many, oh, how many briskets uh, do you have in your lifetime? Like uh, on your belt, how many briskets do you have notched? Probably only a couple because they're so big <laughs> and they take so. You to gotta have it. you gotta have a lot of people there to eat it. They're pretty yeah. expensive. They're huge. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so. I smoked um, a prime rib once. Yeah. That was oh for Christmas. It was about a hundred fifty dollar cut, and it was huge. Was very scared because like this was a dinner for sixteen people that I was kind of handling. Can't screw that up. It ended up being delectable. And nice. shout out to my uncle who didn't cook it enough the year before. He brought he brought this you know like oh. fifteen pound chunk of meat that was still, let's just say. Rare was <laughs> rare is being nice. Yeah, it was, yeah, uh, was it was still breathing. It was, nice it was still statement. moving. It was weird. Say. So so no, I, I had a lot of pressure, but uh, that's probably the best cut. More like I've no pressure. If someone does that, and then you show up the next year, it's like Jordan just uh, make it edible. Okay? No, I, I just wanted to outdo <laughs> that and just be like, hey, let's have a meal where we all remember and enjoy. And yeah. thankfully that happened. Yeah, I think that was uh, the camping trip when Saul we did uh, the crawfishing as well. Um, I made these badass cages out of chicken wire. Again, no help. Again, he's the storyteller here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, uh, dude, they were using, my dad and uh, my sister's boyfriend, they were using this, like, chicken wire cage. I don't even know what the hell that was. Yeah, a little quarter-inch wire mesh. Dude, yeah. it was so damn sharp, and they were just, well, their hands are dead, too. Like, my dad, he's been working in, you know, as a foreman, carpenter his whole life, and then, my sister's boyfriend Brad works on diesel engines and trucks. So again, they have no feelings and in their fingers. They still have all their fingers. They have all their fingers. Congrats to both of you. But guys. there is no feeling in them. So them being <laughs> to de- being able to deal with like sharp chicken wire cage mesh, like that was no problem for them. Wow. But they made three nets or um, cages rather, and then threw them in the water. And we, I don't know, you got 30. like damn 25, 30, 35 crawfish yeah. or something like that. Yeah, buttered them up. Garlic. They're delicious. Dude, Very good. We throw down. Our, uh, we I, we throw down when we go. I camping. gotta get out to the next Fisher campout. That sounds like a blast. And just just eating and sitting around in the water is pretty much what you do camping. And you guys do it the best that I've heard for at least a couple of months. Oh, like yeah. seriously, I've not heard a great camping trip described like this in a in a couple of months. We had someone even uh, come over from a neighboring campsite, super jealous. They were saying like, "God, oh, you guys are great." So shout out, uh, shout out to Vern, my sister. Uh, she she was able to set it up. So thank you, Ashley, for. Uh, Put yep. in the effort because it always takes that one person on camping trips or just any sort of group trip that's got to plan most of it. That's got to put in that effort, yeah. and she was the one. I'll say this: there's one thing you can always say is 
you got great kids, you got great kids. And I hardly have to do a whole lot anymore, which is really, really nice. I mean, I, all of a sudden I'm like, well, I don't have to pull this out of the car. I don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to do that anymore. They've got it down and they're just really excellent at doing it. And it's just a great time. Just a great time. So, And they have little ones to do all the carrying. Oh, now, right. Those That's little, the helpful those part. Those little grandkids are just the best. Too. Uh, but I think that the consensus after the camping trip was like, uh, the next one, no kids. Just, just adults, please. <laughs> as much as we love the nieces, nephews, and the sons and daughters and all that, it was definitely like, oh, my God, stop. Just go play. Quit crying. Quit complaining. <laughs> Jesus, please. They were fun. But uh, I think what? That was, that's was that been three straight trips with the kids. Yeah. So the fourth one, it's going to have to be adults only. Yeah. And this one, we got a, one kid got hit in the face with a rock this time. Yeah. One guy, first... in a, my son got stung by a bee or a wasp or something mm-hmm. and was milking it for the entire day. And then everybody was getting on my case. And then I turned into the bad guy. It was, it was an ordeal. Uh, we eliminate the kids. None of this happens. I've okay? got a story as a child that annoys every single adult that has every <laughs> single one of your kids beat. And I, and I love that this is coming up right now. So, God, I, I think I was four or five years old. We were out at Diamond Lake with my dad. Um, I'm born and raised in Oregon. Uh, Joe Jr., don't, you know, I, I don't think you knew that about me. So, like, I, all the lakes around here, Timothy Lake, Diamond oh, Lake, yes. just that, those were regular spots. But one of the camping trips, got up for breakfast one morning, and, you know, I'm a kid. So, to go to the bathroom, I have to ask my parents, hey, take me with you. You know, it wasn't a far walk, but I don't know where I'm going. And my dad keeps saying, you know, hey, after breakfast, you know, we'll go on down. We'll go on down to the bathroom. Everybody's going to shower. And I keep saying, like, you know, Dad. I see where this is going. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got to go now. And I ended up <laughs> just ruining my pants and underwear. In the campsite. In the campsite. I just started crying. At least just tell me you, you weren't in a tent when it happened. No, 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 no. I was outside, but my underpants ended up in the fire because they were un, unsalvageable. That, that must point. have been a good smell of fire. Oh, uh, God, yeah. I, I kind of wonder. I mean, it was 30 years ago now. <laughs> like, but Whose uh, idea was that? I could ask my dad. Like, yeah, did, so did you just, like, instead of dig them in a hole and just maybe let a bear find them, you decided to, to light them on fire? I don't know which was a better idea. Um, on the text line, the Vancouver Ford text line, 35 crawdads equal five bites of crawdad. Yeah, that is, it is accurate. I mean, those things were gone very quickly, and what we got out of them, it was just, you know, yeah, you had to savor it. You had to savor it. Yeah, sure. the surprise at how many people had decided they weren't sure about eating them, how many they were quickly being eaten uh, by yeah, again, everyone. <laughs> again, the kids. Oh, everybody. That was pretty amazing. No, it was, the adults uh, got there like one bite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stayed everything else. Yeah, there was a couple that uh, I, was like, oh, yeah, I, you I didn't get any crawfish. I didn't. <laughs> it was like, oh, damn it. Well, yeah. that wasn't on the menu to start, okay? We were not planning for crawfish, okay? So you're on your own on that. Yeah. Uh, so back, glad to be back. Um, it was much needed four days off, no service, which was really, really nice as well. Um, it's kind of comforting when you get out there and realize like, oh, no service and no chance of getting any. Okay. Phone's going away for four days. So that was really nice. It was nice. Uh, but no Rashad, but yeah, got, uh, Joe Fisher Jr. here. My pops got, uh, Jordan across the glass and got a lot to talk about today because. What a day. Dude, it was like, I was about to text Rashad on Wednesday or Thursday and be like, Dude, there's a lot going on. Like, we definitely have a show lined up. Um, we are going to delay our uh, NFL divisional preview. I think we were going to do, like, the AFC and NFC South today, but we'll push that back a week since uh, Rashad is not with us. But, uh, man, we had some money given out in the NFL, one into uh, particular to Justin Herbert. Got absolutely paid. We'll talk about that. Uh, we also have one player who's already gotten paid and is under contract 
and is now being told by the NBA, you better fulfill the terms of that contract. And I think we all know who that is. And then uh, the death of the Pac-12. I think it's time to come to terms, start having a conversation, maybe uh, you know, bye s- start writing your uh, memorial service speeches, you know, Pac-12. It was a great conference. They were, uh, they were great teams. Uh, start writing the, the obits for uh, Pac-12. So. Really? There, there's still writers that are saying, you know, the Pac-10 could last with Oregon if they just hang around. I know we got to get into it, but it just makes me laugh. Well, let's, hey, let's start there because... It's one thing when the two L.A. teams leave your conference. It's another thing when the worst team in the conference says, yeah, we're leaving the conference too. That's what happened this week. Colorado leaving the Pac-12, going to the Big 12 next year. We'll start there on Sports Sunday right here on 1080 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Listening to Sports Sunday with Rashad Taylor and Joe Fisher on the Odyssey app and 1080 The Fan. Again, Vancouver Four text line 503-864-6326. That's 8646-FAN. Let me know what type of uh, what type of meat do I need for my uh, first uh, barbecue ventures. I'm excited. It, uh, my barbecue last year, it uh, fell victim to uh, the local neighborhood rats that wanted to pee and poop all over the inside. And um, it was unsalvageable. It was unsalvageable. So, um, Low and slow, indirect heat, and a batch of ribs. There you go. That's where you go. I don't know. I, I said ribs last segment, but I, I thought over the break, a good ribeye might not be a bad way to go either. Mm. Oh, there definitely will be steaks done on good that. Good crust on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But honestly, like steaks on the cast iron, I've kind of gotten that down now, like inside in the pan, butter, ladle it on there with some uh, herbs and some garlic. Okay. This is, no, we, I, I we, don't mind. We got to stop. That. We got to stop. It makes my house smell like meat for two days. <laughs> so I'd prefer to do it on the grill, or I'll take the cast iron outside on the grill and just do it out there. Imagine like a, a barbecue scented incense or something. Now we're talking. All right. I'm pretty sure that exists. All right. All right. I got to stop. I've been thinking about barbecue way too much over the last couple of days, and now I'm just I'm I'm. It's not a, it's not good what I'm doing to my psyche right now. I need the barbecue to show up. Uh, let's see. Check notes here. Check notes here. Uh, oh, that's right. Colorado doesn't want to be in the Pac-12 anymore. <laughs> huh. Mm. <laughs> Disappointing. Doesn't sound like anybody wants to be in the Pac-12 anymore. <laughs> like, and, and the schools they want to bring in, it's kind of like, do they have the quality player at, at, at USC, UCLA? 
Do they have that? No. They well, don't. they you they're know. leaving. Fresno State, and oh, yeah. you're talking San Jose State, San Diego State, or San Diego State. Yeah. Excuse me, you Tulsa, know. Rice out of yeah. Houston, right? Rice in the Pac-12, oh, baby. My. I mean, they have a cool mascot, the Memphis. Owl. That ought to pull in a lot of viewers. Oh, God. Rice? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're getting that Texas pipeline, guys. I mean, come I on. I like Colorado Ouch. State's logo. You know, the Rams. I've, I've always been a Rams fan for the NFL team. <laughs> we go so from to have... Colorado to Colorado State. <laughs> that would just be a dude, kill me yeah. now. Come on. I mean. Put me in a straitjacket. L- let's face it. This is, um, this is, I think, the death blow for the Pac-12. Like, UCLA, USC is one thing, and we can... We aren't cool with them leaving, but we can somewhat understand why they're doing it. But when Colorado, like I said, the worst team as far as football goes in the conference since since they got here, they're leaving too. That doesn't bode well. That does not bode well for the rest of the team. And so again, now you, this is where the conversations start happening of, all right, where does everybody else go? And you have to assume that the school presidents and everybody are getting phone calls from the Big 12 and Big 10 saying, look, the writing's on the wall. You know the conference is dead. Come on over. We'll take you. Yeah, it's just going to be an interesting play. It's just, how's it going to all play out? It will be, uh, <clears throat> where do you, where do all these schools end up? And who, you know, I mean, it's just, I don't even know how to figure it out. That's, yeah. It's just, wow. Above our pay grade, that's for sure. Oh, but sure. When the news happened uh, over the weekend, I kind of was maybe shocked at my own lack of emotion about the obviousness of the Pac-12 just ending. <laughs> just numb to it. Yeah, <laughs> well, and I don't know if it's numbness or acceptance. That's kind of what I'm trying to figure yeah. out because I have been so attached as a Duck fan, you know, to not only the Oregon-Oregon State rivalry, but the Apple Cup, Washington-Washington State. Yeah. You know, UCLA-USC crosstown rivals are still going to be a part of that in the Big Ten. However, that has always been a Pac-12 feature. We have had great rivalries to lean on forever in this, you know, in this part of the country that, you know, just because we're not as good as the SEC in the Pac-12 doesn't mean that we don't have, you know, maybe not the same prestige of players, but we have the prestigious games. We have the prestigious events. Screw if the East Coast watches them or not. I still think that, you know, this has been the place to be if you're a West Coast football player or you want to play in this part of the country. Now, going forward, yeah, those, those... Teams that we're trying to replace uh, our losses with here in the Pac-12 don't look nearly as good or prestigious. So what do you do? What are the options? And I think you you start to look at the top schools, Oregon and Washington. It's obvious that they're hoping that, okay, we got to go to the Big Ten at this point, right? There's really no comparison for them. You know, if SMU comes in, if Rice comes in, Tulsa football, San Diego State comes in, I don't think there's going to be nearly the the amount of money or the amount of conference juice, you know, going forward as if Oregon or Washington were in the Big Ten. You got a two-region, you know, east-west division style, 16-super-team conference. I know they don't want to expand, but ultimately I think that's what the best play is for Oregon, Washington, Oregon State, Stanford. Cal, they might get left in the dust here, and that is frustrating. Well, then that's where, if it's Oregon and Washington going to the Big Ten, I mean, that's where you have the trickle down and just be like, okay, so then what the hell happens to Oregon State and Washington State? Does that just turn into a non-conference rivalry game every year between, I mean, you see that with some schools and state rivalries where it's like, yeah, they're not in the same conference, but they do play each other every year. Um, But Again, it's just I don't want to see 
Oregon State, Washington State. I think I said this on Wednesday on the hot corner because we talked about it a bit. Is I don't want to see any of these original Pac-12, Pac-10 teams get demoted and go to a conference lesser. Like, I don't want Oregon State to go from the Pac-12 to the Mountain West. Like, that is, you are going down as far as prestige and conference and competition. And as far as how much money you're going to get every year from TV rights deals. It's like, I don't, wherever Oregon goes, I want Oregon State to go with. Wherever Washington goes, I want Washington State to go with. And I don't know how, again, trying to think of how this all, how they make it all happen. It's it's a very confusing situation, that's for <laughs> sure. Because I'm as I'm sitting here going, wow, um, you know, I've been to those Oregon games, and you sit there and you see how that crowd is just ecstatic, and how much fun it is. Oregon State games, those the crowd again, a lot of enthusiasm. You get out there, and you're you're wondering how is this all possible? They're just going to just like dump these teams in different into different you know spot. It's just conferences isn't that crazy so this is a good uh, case in point that i will draw a parallel to and uh, it's college basketball so my college basketball team who um, i've mentioned many times is not the oregon ducks it is the mighty pit panthers hail to pit and i loved when they were in the big east back in the early to mid 2000s late 2000s they were in the big east it was like pit taking on yukon and west virginia and syracuse and georgetown like those were some gritty ass basketball matchups that was on the east coast northeast like those were great games great conference loved it then they break up the big east uh, basketball conference and then you have syracuse and notre dame and pit they all go to the acc so now they're playing teams like duke in North Carolina and Miami and Florida State. That happened, God, I'd have to look it up. Maybe text I can help when the ACC basketball change happened and the conference realignment. But that was probably 10 years ago. Ever since then, none of those matchups or rivalries, quote-unquote, they they aren't there. Mm -hmm. The ones that are are Pitt versus Syracuse because they've been playing each other for the last 30, 40 years. Pitt versus Notre Dame, who are both in the ACC, they were in the Big East back in the day. So that rivalry, that competition is still there. Pitt versus Duke, there is no history in that. So go to Oregon, uh, go to Washington, Oregon versus Rutgers. That, how does that, does that get you going? I mean, there's no, I mean, it's a Toledo. football game. <laughs> Toledo, I don't know if they're getting the upgrade. But I mean, think of some of these <laughs> mid-tier Big 12, like Minnesota, Oregon State. Like, again, it's a game, but... There's no, there isn't that much juice in it besides a Pac-12 game, and maybe give it time. You know, five years we aren't talking about that so much. Like the juice is there, fans, players, they get hyped up regardless. But again, it's just when those traditions and that history is taken away, it just it loses some flavor in the schedule and who you're playing. And you know, you mentioned trying to keep these rivalry games happening going forward, and I completely agree with you, Joe. That. You know, I mentioned the Civil War or whoever the hell wants to refer to it as the game formerly known as the Civil War, whatever. I don't care. I'm going to call it the Civil War. That has been something I was just thinking about. Until they give us a new name. Yeah, there, there is God no sakes, other name. Put it yeah. on the legislature. I was thinking about back to fifth grade, you know, when like riding home on the bus, you had kids like out the window, you know, in the schoolyard driving out 
with their signs, you know, go Ducks, go Beavers, like that. See, you need that consistent connection for both fan bases. Hopefully, you know, with non-conference games kind of being up for debate as, you know, needing to mean as much or not needing to mean anything at all. Some fans wish that there would be hard games in the first three of each year. Some just want cupcakes. I don't know. Maybe there can be a nice marriage of the two here where if, say, Best case scenario for Oregon, they do go to the Big Ten with Washington. There can be an agreement with these, you know, new four super team conferences along with the Pac-12. It looks like they're not actually going to go away with all these uh, schools applying to join the conference. I don't think, you know, this whole thing of the Pac-12 exploding and blowing up and going away completely is going to happen. I think it will be here. But maybe there can be an agreement in place with Washington State, if Washington is in the Big 12, or Big 10, excuse me, along with Oregon, and say, hey, we're going to keep these rivalry games up. We're going to give up one of our conference or non-conference games yeah, for I, this That's the only season. thing I envision is, like, yeah. if they don't go same conference, have one of those non-conference always be the rivalry. And game. you talk about juice, what better way to not only keep the heritage of your different schools and battles alive, you know, but marry that along with the future of where college football is going. Yeah. I think it's a win more for Oregon, but it's a big win for Oregon State and Washington State as well because it keeps their conferences or it keeps their schools attached to bigger conferences. Does Because uh, I know that we kind of assume it's like Big 12, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State will be in that conference. I heard a compelling case one time for the Big 12, though, for Oregon and Oregon State because, I mean... When you look at the schools that are in the Big 12, you get yourself a Texas pipeline. You're going to be playing schools like Houston, TCU. You're going to be playing Texas Tech. You're going to be playing Baylor. You're also going to play Kansas State. You're going to play Oklahoma State. So you're going to get some of those Midwest schools. But, I mean, I think having Oregon, even with some Texas exposure, like they, they do a great job recruiting in that area anyways in Texas. Imagine if they were showing up twice a year and showing up to these – Texas stadiums and recruits from Alabama or Georgia, they don't have to go as far to see Oregon play. They just can go right over to Texas. Like, I, call me crazy, but I don't think that's that terrible of a place for them to go either. Well, I played in Texas at one point in time, and uh, they definitely believe that they invented the game of football. <laughs> and uh, oh, they definitely have some of the biggest guys I've ever seen in my life when I played against them. Is that Texas barbecue, man? Yeah. Come on. Oh. It's, the be it's the beef dino ribs. Yeah, they right? were amazing. I mean, have a fullback that uh, walks in. He looks like a man with a beard. <laughs> and he's he's big enough to pick you up and throw you across the room. How old are you? I'm and that, 16. Yeah. <laughs> and that guy Boy, was me. I, I, boy, he was a scary guy. See, and for you to say that, like that's yeah. uh, so they weren't breeding those out at Taft High School back mm, in the eighties. No, yeah. no, they weren't. But uh, <laughs> luckily, they were turning luckily out I was just men back mean at Taft High School. To survive. Was Taft seven man football or was that eleven man? Oh, oh that's gonna hurt. That's no. I'm not trying to be. Hey, I wa I went out to Doofer as a kid and watched a seven man <laughs> playoff football game. Yeah. It was one of the most exciting games I'd ever seen. Oh we, yeah, I'm sure. We played yeah. regular football. Okay. And we kicked the crud out of everybody doing it. It's like, <laughs> yeah. hey, oh, we were undefeated at home. Oh, I mean, you know what? I'm looking at the clock. I yeah. think we got a break. Okay. I don't want to get you going on this. No, Uncle Rico, <laughs> throw the ball over the damn mountains. Before he gets 
going any further, okay? Yeah, you know, it was uh, a mud hole. <laughs> uh, hey, man, there, I remember Oregon City's old field. That place was a mess, too. Okay. Anyways. Before we uh, start waxing poetic about how I uh, could have uh, made uh, college or NFL if it wasn't for my senior year, that injury, that just held me back, you know? Uh, <sighs> Coach would have put me in. We would have won state, no yeah. doubt. Nah, I just had a bad attitude. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. What I want to move on to next is uh, someone in their agent got in a little trouble this week. Mm -hmm. Like I said earlier, I think you know who that is. We get to that next right here on 1080 The Fan. But first, Jordan Schultz with a SportsCenter update. Sports Sunday with Rashad and Joe on Portland's Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. Got golf on the TV in here, foreshadowing what I'm going to be doing later today, just absolutely sticking my irons and wedges on the green and then proceeding the ball to roll off the back of the green and then into a bunker or the water. It's never a big event after the Open, right? I I, I didn't report on it in my update because... I don't know. I heard a lot of jokes about this event this week. Oh, I think, yeah, like... There ain't a lot of dudes playing. That, that's, yeah, like, no. I saw Colin Morikawa uh, as I was in there with you guys, but I haven't really seen any other big names on the leaderboard. Yeah, I'm sure they're uh, getting adjusted after that time zone shift and uh, playing that uh, just brutal course at uh, the Open. And, uh, yeah, between now and, like, the playoffs, the FedEx Cup and all that, like, I don't know if there's playoffs? any. Playoffs? Playoffs? I don't know if there's any. Um, <laughs> major or there aren't majors but just big tournaments that i can think of off the top of my head but uh yeah playoffs will be around the corner here soon in uh golf and dude i don't know what we're gonna do today out at the golf course but uh bring bring, bring some cash as i think I'm we're gonna boss. have a lot of fun oh yes yes most definitely, definitely um a lot of fun but Turn all that petty cash into rent money like kevin from the office yeah Maybe. that's what i'm trying to do i'm gonna uh try and be uh tom cruise all out of the color of money out this bitch just Taking try everybody. not to get frustrated after your first. Oh, God. Uh, here he goes. Uh, here he goes now with the. With uh, the no, 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 no. That sounds like Joe Jr. has watched uh, Joe the Third throw many a golf club across the course. That's I have, what that sounds Golf like. clubs have not been thrown, but I do have he his. Stuffed, the, stuffed it into the ground oh. pretty hard, you know. Come but, on. I mean, who is that? Know. There was, there was a weed. No th- there was a weed, and I just was trying to get it derooted out of the ground. And so that way, so I just threw my club in there to get under the root. And then just dug it out, you know? It was landscaping I was doing. He's just got to quit trying so hard, you know? Honestly, yeah, I'm swinging out of my shoes every shot damn near. So just got to drink three beers and then stay at that level the entire 18 holes. Just maintain that. That is the key. It is. All right. So this week we had an update in the Damian Lillard uh, trade talks. And it wasn't so much, uh, hey, this package or this person might be available or there's been an offer made. The news came from the league office. Good old slap on the wrist. Yeah. I mean, word it however you want. Lillard and his agent, Aaron Goodwin. Little spanking. Yeah. They got in trouble. Like, they got a talking to. They sat him down in the chair and say, they, it was principal talking to the student time. Come here. to Jesus meeting, if yeah. you will. Um, because as we've seen over the entire summer, it's Miami or bust. Public comments from Aaron Goodwin saying that he has talked to teams and... He, I, the exact quote I would I'll have to find, but essentially oh, I was just gonna pull up my Twitter because I, I went to. Are you talking about the original quote or the quote from the memo? Uh, no, his original quote where he essentially Back says, on July 6th. "Yeah, he's like, look, it's Miami or it's Miami." So period. I went to search Twitter, but it's now called X. X dear God, yes. I, weird. I woke up to that this morning. What a mess. Anyways, um, so yeah, I mean, it was blatantly 
stated out through reports in the media and through his agent that it was Miami and other teams don't trade for him because he's not going to play. You have the quote, Jordan. Aaron Goodwin is quoted. This was back on July 6th, telling organizations outside of Miami that trading for Lillard is trading for an unhappy player, end quote. Oh, but no, I I didn't. Uh, when we actually met with the teams, I, I didn't say that. And I it, it just I said this a few weeks ago. And I'm going to reiterate it. Like, if this, whenever this happens and goes through, if I'm Lillard, I need to get rid of Goodwin as an agent. Like, that dude has made me look dumb and made this whole situation, made me look for the worse because of this. Because my whole legacy and everything has been built on the loyalty of wanting to win in Portland. And then it got to the point where I just want to have a chance to win. All right. Well, there are places to do that in the NBA. If you're willing to go to a few different teams, you'll have that chance. No. Excuse me? No, I only want Miami. Uh, Well, they were just in the finals, so, yeah, that's a chance. But, I mean, that might not. No. No, no. Like, that that is the most contradictory thing to what you've stood for the last 10 years. And that's what's going to kill me going forward is I know we'll all get over this and, you know, We'll live through the highlights over the years, and I in five years I'll be like, dude, Dane killed it for us. God, those were so. Such oh, great I'm, times. I'm not gonna live for it. Yeah, speak for yourself. Being in the Moda Center <laughs> when you hit that shot, dude, it's just like that is gonna be. It's gonna be hard to pass that as one of the best live in person sports moments I ever witnessed. So for him, I'm always gonna be grateful for that. But the way that this is like happened and gone about with the trip, it's like, dude, your agent screwed you on this. And now, look, you, now you might not even be able to go to Miami because the NBA said, dude, you better play or else. Well, when I first heard about all of it, too, I was my thing was I said, you're, you, you're a great player. There's a lot of great players out there. There's a lot of great players. But to just demand to actually tell everyone this is what's going to happen, period, this and that. Don't forget, you have a contract, and not just the contract, but you kind of like are owned by the NBA, you know, in a sense. I mean, you kind of, you're putting out your label out there. And with him just to absolutely say, I'm not playing for anybody else. And if I do have to, or I have to be here, I'm not going to want to play. That's just, just like, you can't just go out there and demand those things. I don't care how good you are. Yeah, I feel like this attitude started back with the Carmelo Anthony demand from Denver, not to really any team but the New York Knicks. It was a bit of a different situation back in 07 where Carmelo was coming up to the end of his deal there. So Denver essentially had to, they were kind of forced to try and get something. Otherwise, they were going to have nothing for Carmelo. And he really did force them into one team and one team only. That has kind of evolved into you know, this belief that agents can kind of push different statements either privately or publicly. And that's kind of what I want to focus in here on, Joe, talking about what Aaron Goodwin said, you know, relating to Damian Lillard and this whole situation. We just quoted him back what is now almost August. About, so yeah, three, yeah. three weeks ago. Yeah, three weeks a month ago. And then after this memo came out yesterday, 
from the NBA, it says the relevant teams provided descriptions of their communications that were mostly, though not entirely, consistent <laughs> with Goodman's statements to us. That kind of sounds like the NBA is saying that he lied a little bit, but then Aaron Goodwin comes out and says, well, we never actually told teams that Damian yeah. Lillard wouldn't, wouldn't play. play. What we said is that he would be unhappy. Now, the difference between saying that you won't play and saying you don't want to play is a big deal here. I call bullshit yeah. on that and i'm sorry i'm gonna freak here but this is ridiculous we're literally eight years old playing the word salad game oh hey no i actually didn't say this yeah. word it's like politics yeah. no yeah. no this memo from the nba and that's what heat fans for the last 24 hours have just been lighting their shorts on saying on the internet like well hey no this actually didn't happen guess what this nba memo addresses everything aaron goodwin has done in this situation every single piece of this outside of the i want to be traded after it should be full stop. Yeah. After or at least give three destinations. And after also, that, it's pretty the demand to one team that is where things went wrong, and that the entirety of it, whether you say it or you lead to it, that's a problem. It's against the rules. Well, period. isn't it assumptive too that Lillard would want to be traded to a team that has a chance? So when you demand that trade, yeah, you don't have to say I only want to go to Miami, like. I think the Blazers, if none of this happened with the Miami stuff in one place only, I think the Blazers, the whole do right by Dame, they probably would have done that and got him to a good team, uh, a contender that has a chance next year. They weren't going to send him to Orlando or Oklahoma City or Charlotte or whatever. I think that if things didn't turn sour, they would have tried to find the best package from a contending team that they could send him to. I think that it would have like it wouldn't been as much contention in what we've gotten to, but once like like you said, it, it all changed as soon as it was Miami and Miami only. And here we are, the abuse of the system kind of situation, and here they're saying, "Look, nobody's going to do this again, no. and this is going to cost you a hundred and fifty thousand dollars." Which is not scraps. No, which is not scraps. And I that's don't care like, if you're making fifty million. That's yeah, a lot of money. It is a lot of money, and that's. Basically telling you, look, this is over. This is not the way this is going to happen in the NBA. So I, uh, I think it's good. Uh, it, it was needed. And, and it increases Dame's chances of remaining a Blazer. Let's let's not yes. underscore that, guys. I think that the I thought it was maybe a two to five percent chance before this memo came out that he remained a Blazer day one of the regular season. I now think it's like uh, one to three odds that he's a blazer, so twenty five percent chance. Well, they went up. I'm I'm curious. Let's uh let's pose that like to the text line Vancouver Ford text line five zero three eight six four six fan. Does this change anything going forward? Like, is it still like, well, yeah, he's still gonna go to Miami, or is it this is you know we might see him actually playing day one, or like you said, Jordan, like does this increase the chances of him actually staying with the team, like? What does this mean going forward? Because this is a pretty, pretty strong stance by the league. And also we have a precedent, not with Carmelo, but Anthony Davis, too, with the Pelicans-Lakers trade years True. ago. So uh, leave it up to the text line. Talk to you guys. What does this mean going forward for the Blazers and Dame? And are we feeling better about a uh, package as far as what the Blazers will get? So do that next. Wrap up hour number one right here. Sports Sunday on the Odyssey app in 1080. The fan. Sports 
Sunday with Rashad and Joe on Portland's Sports Leader, 1080, The Fan. So, Jordan, you said in that last segment there that uh, this somewhat increases the chance. Uh, now, I want you to, yeah, like kind of um, clarify. Does this increase the chance of Dame being like, you know what? Let's do this. Let's ride. Blazers country. Let's ride. I'm down. <laughs> I'm down with this. Let's make this happen. And he's actually stays with the team or just so day one of the season starts and he's on the team and in a Blazers jersey technically or not just on the yeah. roster not playing. But then sure enough down the road he's gone. Like well, do you think it just delays things or gives us more of a chance to hey this is Dame in the baby Blazers. You know, obviously I'm not in Dame's head, but I would think that right now, maybe those thoughts are already starting to creep up, even as this memo's released. So I do think that from this moment here, you know, July 30th, 2023, month and a half after this God, trade demand went down. Can we just say, how is it already August? We're, yeah, we're almost now three-fourths of the way through the year, <laughs> essentially. It's weird. But anyways, sorry. No, 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 it's all good. Yeah, so I would say from this day forward that Dame is already just kind of starting to get that that talk in the back of his head. Can I make this work here? I know that his agent has been telling him, hey, you know, you need to move on for your brand. He's frustrated with the way the Blazers haven't done stuff. Maybe, you know, roster-wise, it's just not going to work. The time has has passed for him to be a Blazer. But I do think that those thoughts are still there. And the longer he stays here in Portland, the longer and the louder I believe those thoughts are going to be gnawing in the back of his head. He's a competitor. He's going to show up and... As the NBA just said, you have to play whichever of the 30 teams that you are on or you will be subject to significant fines, not only about, uh, you know, talking uh, about not wanting to play, but playing as well. So I do think that this from today increases the chances of him being here for sure. Pose a question to you, Pops. Um, do you even want him playing on the team to start the year? Like he's made his trade demand and let's say this lasts into October with everything that's happened. If you're Chauncey Billups, the coach and the GM, are you just like, you know what? Stay away from the team. We'll get you, we'll get the trade when the trade comes, but we don't even want you to play because like, listen, we got these young kids. We want to like, how would, quite honestly, how would you do it? Do you want him on the team? Do you want that attention, that focus? I mean, well, that the leadership that he brings definitely because for the years that he has been there, he has played lights out in different different situations sure he's had some injuries and things like that it'd be great to have him play on the team and 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 he'd be happy to do it and stuff but it doesn't seem like that is in his line of what he wants to do but with that being said it, too bad sometimes i so i don't know i you're gonna sit there are you just gonna actually tell us that you're just gonna sit over there on that bench and just or not even be and, in the stadium, yeah, like I and said. Just, like, and just watch them play and everything else. And just, I'm going to take a, I'll just take a year off and stuff like that. Walk around your Portland mansion, you, really? Really. But, and then think about this at the same token. Let's, let's just put it that he's not a young guy. He is growing older. Those, the times or stuff are, are just. Just turned 33. Yeah. You know, and it's it's hard to say that how much longer he'll be able to play at that high level but at the same token some teams are just like going well wait a minute i don't know if i want to just throw all this big batch of money lose all these guys or whatever to this i don't know i don't think i think that a lot of teams aren't really willing to do that right now 
Uh, it's, and it's just, like I said, the, the whole like mind boggling thing about all of this is that everything is contradictory to what he's been about the last 10, 11 years. So I find it hard for him just not like not playing at all just because yeah. we're in a trade scenario. Like in the, I, I hate to reference it because I despised him as a player, but everybody knows about Kobe Bryant's mentality. And I saw a quote this morning that was talking about how it was a December game in Toronto that basically it was he played because he knew that everyone was going to start saying like, oh, you're ducking Vince. You're ducking Vince Carter, huh? You're scared. And that mentality is gone now. It's not so much like... Oh no! I just need to. I need uh, this night off because we're on the second of a back-to-back on the way trip, and I need to make sure that I'm. Re- it's like that kind of dog mentality is very rare to find in the NBA now. Uh, Anthony Edwards though had a quote like, "All the guys sitting, resting, just play, man. I don't like all the sitting, missing games." Oh, I stuff. love Ant. Yeah, these people might have enough money to come to one game, and that might be the game they come to, and you're sitting out. So, I mean, that starts a larger conversation about the load sure. management, but. I just, I find it hard for Damian Lillard, one of the most competitive players in the league, to just be like, eh, I'm not going to play until I get to that team that I want to be traded to. And that's just what, it's like, come on, dude. That's not how you're wired. That's why, like, also. Does it sound like he's talking about this? Or does it sound like it's somebody else? And that's why it's like, it comes back to the agent thing. Like, dude, can his ass when this is all done because this is not you. This is not, like, again, we don't know Dame personally, but everything you said over the last decade. And now this is this is where I'm like, is this really Dame feeling this way? Or is it is his agent trying to just do what's best for his client, but it's not working Sounds out. Sounds like a bad relationship gone <laughs> wrong. Yeah, no, you wonder honey. about the messaging, right? Because it's mostly his agent that's been saying things publicly, if not, I think, 100% since the trade demand. It's been, you know, Dave himself requested the trade, but think it's bulletproof love for the Blazers and then answering questions like about, you know, any other topic and anything else that he said on the Internet. Or I think he was featured in some like local Portland game show a week or two ago, like at the Schnitzer. So there's just he's not talking about this publicly. And you wonder, would he have done better for himself, you know, coming out, maybe answering questions immediately about this, holding a 20, 30 minute press conference or going on, you know, 1080 The Fan, answering questions from Isaac and Souk, something. Oprah, the full interview, Damian Lillard. Uh, Something from his (laughs) mouth. Exactly. We don't need agent speak. Damian Lillard tells all an exclusive interview with Dr. Phil. Yeah, we don't need prepared quotes. And that's one thing, you guys, and I think both Joe Sr., or excuse me, Jr. and the third, I, I... Yes. It's all good. I'm it's just all good. We're here. Hey. Both of you guys can agree with me here that anonymous sources suck. And I really yeah. want to know, yeah. after this has all come out, after Goodwin's been saying this stuff, after Chris Haynes has been saying he wants to go to Miami, period, about Damian Lillard, I need to know who the hell this anonymous source is that was saying Goodwin's quote to the 
to the press about him not wanting to play or being unhappy, excuse me, at any place but Miami. Yet now, a month later, oh no, that was never said. I need to know who this person is, and we've got to stop basing news on anonymous sources. I think yeah. that is a well, big problem. Unfortunately, that's never going to happen because well, this people is... have too much on the line, and if they're putting their name behind it, then we all know how it goes. It, it's, we... it's unfortunate part of the business of just journalism. This is what happens. But... What are you going to do? I mean, if people have to protect relationships, and if I just come out and straight up say, yeah, put my name on it, then Here's I Here's an idea. Be- Base a relationship on something <laughs> but, uh, here, you're going to deliver a quote to the media to me. Yep. Base a relationship on something besides that. Well, there is value that but, can be offered. I know. And it, some, hey, sometimes besides there are. that. Sometimes there are people that, hey, this guy told me that I got this quote directly, but again, it's- um, I it's hate t- the cloak and dagger stuff. It's a tough game to play. Well, and we all say, too, you know, it doesn't take just one player to make a team. And that's how many times you've heard that over and over if you ever played a sport. You, one player does not make a team. And you have got to have other players out there. And the attitudes all have to be on the same page. you got to want it together. And you got to fight it together. You just don't go out there and just say, well, I'm the reason we're going to make it. It doesn't work that way. Know your role and shut your mouth, jabroni. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. I I believe that was George Washington that said that. (laughs) Well, he's not here anymore. What a founding father. Uh, No. Um, It 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 actually came from the words of uh, uh, our future president, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, believe it or not. Um, Mountain Dew Camacho. <laughs> Seriously. That, that, <laughs> if he that's will be what our, happens. He will be our Mountain Dew Camacho. Idiocracy will be here in 2040. <sighs> well, I mean, that is, um, yeah, that's about uh, it. On, it's still quiet on the Dame front. They're hiking. Sean Hiking said that there uh, has still been no meaningful conversation, not with just the Heat and uh, the Blazers, uh, meaningful substantia- uh, some, substantiative? Substantial. Substantial. Substantial words. There we go. Sunday morning, can't speak. Uh, there have not been meaningful talks between Lillard and Miami or any team. So just sitting here twi- twiddling our thumbs until, I mean, I, honestly, I think we might be able to get some more um, updates because I want to say that some of these rookies th- uh, that just got drafted can start getting traded here soon. Like the report with the Heat was uh, Jaime Jaquez Jr. out of UCLA, their rookie for the Miami Heat, is – because of the way rookie contracts or draft, however it works out, is he can't get traded until after July 31st. So we might start seeing some more buzz starting to come up now that some of these rookie contracts are able to be traded and rookie players. So that is uh, tomorrow, I believe, is the deadline or final day where then those conversations can happen. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And like I said, I just really hope that this uh, brings... Mm, a resolution to Dame, but more so. I want to hear about these sources, and I want to. Th- there's got to be some follow-up. <laughs> Give me names, damn it! Th- this is not going to end. You know what I think is a crappy practice in the world of journalism and sports journalism in particular. But I do think that there needs to be some extended digging into what the hell was said by who, and hopefully there's some exposure there because yeah, this is not the end of the story. This memo should not be the end of you know Dame and his agent talking improperly to teams. There needs to be follow-up here. No, no. All right. What I want to do in the second hour is I want to switch over to some NFL talk because oh, we get a fist pump across the table, across the faux marble table on the NFL talk. Uh, I want to talk about a big old contract that got signed today. And uh, we are going to have to talk about one AFC team in particular 
because the man uh, that roots for this team is in the building. The, the Dolphins. Oh, t- oh. See, that's that's where I got to... We're, we're going to have a talk <laughs> in the commercial break about a radio tease, Dad. All right. Mm. But yes, we're going to wax poetic about the Dolphins because I don't know if you even realize, big favorites. Mm-hmm. Big favorites in the AFC this year with some other teams, that is, Bills, Chiefs as well, but... I, I need to see how you're feeling about the Dolphins. I need to see what the gauge is on the Dolphin fan community, especially yours. I mean, you have been going through it for a long time. Well, since they <laughs> became in the league. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I want to I wax poetic about the Dolphins for a bit. Justin Herbert, big contract there. Got a lot to talk about. Second hour, Sports Sunday, right here on the Odyssey app and 1080 The Fan. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.